0: Welcome to Rainbow Soul, an explorative discussion about spirituality beyond mainstream religions. Hollis Taylor, author, psychic, astrologer, and alchemical mage, brings their non-binary perspective together with fellow drag king and trans man, LaCrosse Ortiz, a Jewish Taino with spiritual background of exploration that has led him to an atheist perspective, join these guys as they explore deep and difficult topics all related to spirituality, offering a queer perspective, an exploration of interesting topics, and engaging guests to help explore conversations for the rainbow soul.
1: support rainbow soul check out the rainbow soul merchandise for your favorite new shirt a variety of colors and styles to suit your taste show off your love for rainbow soul get cool designs with your favorite quotes Designs come in a variety of colors so that you can express your most authentic self. Support Rainbow Soul in spreading the word that queer, gender variant, intersex, transgender is sacred. Rainbow Soul. Putting the soul back into queer. Order your unique, Rainbow Soul merchandise at rainbowsoul.show.
2: Hey, 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 how are you?
1: Welcome, welcome to Rainbow Soul. I'm Hollis Taylor, and I am the author of Divine Androgen and Us and. Sorry, a psychic and all around unusual witchy freak. And uh, welcome to Rainbow Soul. Go ahead, LaCrosse.
2: Hi, I'm LaCrosse. I consider myself a jack of all trades, master and nun. Uh, Jewish, Taino, atheist. I don't believe you have to believe in a supreme being to be spiritual. So that sums me up.
1: Fantastic. Well, rainbow. Soul, we're all, we're really, I think, um, our intention, like in the last, we've been doing this, uh, not quite a year yet. Um, and lacrosse, do you think, I'm just thinking on this real quick It's just coming to me is that maybe rainbow soul is about communicating the sacredness and the awesomeness of being trans and being queer.
0: Hmm.
1: Do you think that's that's part of our intention too? Maybe through empowerment?
2: Absolutely. You
1: know, to help empower our people.
2: Absolutely.
3: Absolutely. <laughs> <Our> people. <laughs>
2: I mean the LGBTQIA we have been basically a minority and under persecution for a very very long time and it's important for us to feel our place back in the world again as being sacred people. So, I think that what rainbow doe rainbow rainbow doe rainbow soul, what we do is is we remind them and once again empower them. you are sacred, you are important, you matter,
1: yeah, and it's, exactly, and it's, that it's, your it's, that your calling is real, yeah like being called to that path is sacred because as as you being from Taino and 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 from that sort of perspective, you even believe that, yeah.
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, our people, we believe that they were the sacred ones. They were the ones who chaired, um, who took care of the children. They were the mediators between marriage. They were the bridge between also marriage. Uh, they were the ones who did the medicine, midwifery, everything. They, they were the most key important part of the tribe, you know? Yes.
1: Yeah, and I feel like um, it's been interesting as we've been, started doing Rainbow Soul and as we have talked to some people that have, you know, come to the show. And when we say that, when we say there's nothing wrong with you, you're perfect just the way you are, it's like you almost, um, somebody said, one, one person said to us that we're the only one that have ever said that to them.
4: Wow. Wow.
2: I think lovely colonization. I think they took the sacredness away, but I think we're in a time of awakening and we it's coming back. You, you know, you can only keep keep it down so long. And something that is so beautiful and sacred like that will find its way back. And I think that's exactly what's happening is it's finding its way back into mm. society and people realizing their importance of of being within this community, being a part of the rainbow community, the importance of it.
0: Yeah. Right.
1: Mm-hmm. And I think even allies are really important. And the reason I think allies are important is because they bridge the gap between. Yeah. So instead of us just being un other by being queer, we need those people in between. We need those people that are maybe cisgender or heterosexual or whatever. We need those people to help. Throw the rope over and build the build the bridge because um they they help you know they can stand you know if they're in an all cisgender group hopefully a good ally would be like nah that's not right about non-binary people what you're saying about that that's not right you know they would hopefully correct and um and help educate and that's really what makes an ally an ally absolutely. I'll tell you one of the most magical allies I've ever met is our guest tonight. Okay.
2: This is exciting.
1: This guy, you, when you first meet him, you're like, ah, he's a cisgender heterosexual guy. Right. But then that's what your initial thought is. But then when you get to know him a little bit, you're kind of like, Hmm, maybe he's not as, straight laced as I thought he was. And, uh, and, and, and I'll tell you what, and the more you got to know him, the more you feel like he's just one of us. And, um, but I'd also say he's an excellent ally. So I want to welcome to the show today, Nick, Nick Constantine, Constantine.
3: Constantine. That was the nicest introduction I think I've ever had you that I, I get just excuse me. That was absolutely beautiful. <laughs> i can't even uh good night folks that was great <laughs> hi uh welcome nick
1: we're we're so glad you're here can you I'm tell us to be here and look people bright hawk's here she's right here with you she's saying nick big love oh yeah. so much love. and so much uh, love. your brother is here your bro oh,
3: jason <laughs> yeah Good and class.
1: um I'm here. So and I'm so glad that, that you're here because we're
3: here, we're no. queer. They better be used to it by now. I mean <laughs> that's it. We're in it.
1: Well, we hope so. We're well, trying to we're trying to make yeah, sure that some happens. of them
3: dip their toe in that pool and some of us just on the high dive, just we're <laughs> in. Okay.
2: Absolutely.
3: A yeah. little bit of a little bit about me. I'm I'm I recognize myself as a he and a they. Um, I come from a Mediterranean background. I come from a spiritually religious background, uh, and my work over the last 20 years plus has been to kind of gleam and gain as much information about people as I can. Uh, I am a people person. I am built not just from people. I am built to be around people and to do whatever I can to get their signals, clear for them and their channels open and their paths clear. And so my work has been magical, quite literally scientific, and they both are very intertwined. It's been artistic and it's been intuitive. And I use that in the psychic sense. Uh, I do what we would have grown up with speaking with other voices. They're not our voice, though. They sound like our voice. My grandmother would say that these are voices from others. Maybe they were other entities or angels or places that you would be in your head and be able to speak from or or in your heart and be able to speak from. So this is the work that I do.
1: Hmm. Yes. And you do a lot of different stuff. You're definitely Mm -hmm. a magical person. Definitely. And I just want to let you know that your other, that, Quellen. So Happy Quellen. We're giving a little shout out to Quellen. We were
3: just talking about you today, Quellen.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and um, that you are truly a magical person. That you live magically. I and do. I, I want to talk a little bit about living as a psychic, like yeah. because typically when that stuff happens to you when you're a kid, you hear those voices.
3: It's the a so person- the the nutshell. Without going, I mean, I could go into the full depth of from childhood on, how it was evident that I was unusual, odd, weird, very weird, um, queer. And that as that energy became more, less of a phase and more of an attribute to me, things that I knew, things that I could see, things that I would say weren't just coming to pass and to be, they were, they were collected. They were starting to become a legend within the family or something that people would know. He does that. These are things that Nicholas has taken on the part of the family that was pre-Christian, the part of the family that didn't hide what we learned in folk custom or folk traditions. I was, I was in it from day one and we didn't have a lot of, we had no granddaughters. As far as my grandmother could say, she had no granddaughters. It was a lot of grandsons. And as the eldest And the most effeminate, I was going to be taught how to sew, how to knit, how to keep your spells and your hands busy, keep your mind and your thoughts busy, um, and always for the highest good. So living as a psychic, growing up in the suburbs, growing up close to New York City, you get a lot of exposure to, again, people, but to other vibrations, lower, higher, everything in between. And it caused massive burnout from the age of about 14 to about the age of 20. So when I finally got enough of my own tish together, I wound up finding the bridge over Jersey and into Pennsylvania, found New Hope, Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. met some lovely people who are still in this community and started to develop my own um, psychic gifts in a witch shop. And so was born a baby witch and got to develop that skill and was... Um, I I guess it's immersion is the only way to describe it. From from young all the way into this year, I have spent living with prayers on my lips from the a.m. to the p.m. that are my own or ones that have been taught to me through spiritual teachings. And they are for the living between nature and Western society, the ability to turn my lights on and not just have appreciation for that, but to feel the genuine electrical current in my home. Uh, to know and be grateful for it. And every little bit of that helps to tie into being psychic with people because the more gratitude and the more connection you can make, the more their story unfolds for you and the more you're able to speak on behalf of spirit for their higher self to gain that that gleaming, that knowledge that will help put them back on track. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Sometimes you don't even know what you're saying.
3: No. Really. A lot of it is, uh, an old mentor used to say, tap your foot, because I'd forget to breathe, and I would just, it just channels out. It regurgitates out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, It's like being ridden, I guess, in certain ritual or in certain um, spiritual ceremonies, when, when spirit or entities come upon you, and you are... Moving with knowledge of your movement, but with lit- limited care about where your body is going to go or what your voice is going to bring through. Um, channeling any type of reading is very much like that for me. I don't necessarily check out, but I don't stop the flow of information. So I have the only thing I have to remember is to slow down and not be a tsunami. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> Well I
1: think most psychics have to learn how to do that eh that's uh
3: <laughs> it's grounding centering shielding yeah. basic stuff is the most important mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, magically I think that's that's the work that I personally keep going back to is bring it down and ground and know that the earth can hold it and center charge a battery shield yourself don't don't pay attention to the stuff that you can't change. That's, that's really the, the easiest of the fundamentals.
1: Right. And I think, um, as when you're a psychic and people are coming to you for readings, whether you're doing Tarot or sh- mm-hmm. what do you, you do? Uh, tarot, I medium? use Tarot as
3: the, the primary source of divination, but I've, I've run the gamut on divination methods. There was a joke that I could read with cigarette ash if you were in front of me and decided to sit there long enough. Um, But that's just gross.
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, and um, I was thinking that, like, when you do that, you hopefully whatever comes through in the reading. Like, for me, astrology can Mm -hmm. sometimes be a little bit about counseling to yeah absolutely
3: yeah all of it it's a a healing modality i look at all of these methods and and modalities as a healing modality they all fall under that category because one way or another you're doing something to provide a service that provides a sense of comfort hopefully or a sense of guidance for that person and that's a medicine
1: right yeah, exactly. Jamie, Jamie is saying something relevant to that. They said, that makes sense. I've had times where I have spoken something relevant to someone's life. But when they asked me about it later, I could honestly not remember what had been said.
3: It, I call it the highway hypnosis routine where you're in the car and you just get somewhere and you weren't really paying attention to how you got there and you were just comfortably confident, able to make all the right turns, see all the oncoming traffic, negotiate the radio, and you really weren't even paying attention that well. You just were that well attuned to your environment. Um that's the same thing with these types of readings. I think that there's a point where you are, you're not just laying cards for the, for the 20 bucks, you know, you're not just doing a reading because you're keeping it in the yellow tent and making it a, a curio entertainment, M- taking it out of the yellow tent, taking it out of the uh, circus setting and making it a reality and a, and a, and a form of therapy like massage or a form of therapy like acupuncture is what allows you to trust that when you are in that highway hypnosis of a reading, that it it is a it is a body rhythm, it is a it is a cellular memory, it is a part of your conscious that where your subconscious and consciousness are absolutely intertwined and they're comfortable working together. Normally I think in our day to day life, that's a struggle. I think when you're in beta and you're spending most of your life experiencing the mundane You have to compartmentalize your psyche, especially in Western society, and put it on a shelf and say, if it's big enough, I know what I can go to to use. I can come back, get this and apply it. Whereas in a lot of the Eastern thought or Eastern medicines and society thinking, societal thinking, that isn't something that you separate from your toolbox. It is always very present. Sometimes the very first thing you go to is your intuitive knowledge of your environment and and trusting that genus loci, that that connection to your environment and what it can offer you. So that being said, again, living as a psychic, I find that being out in the mountains is way healthier for me. I don't think it's necessary. I don't think you have to go and play guru and disappear and go up into the mountains. But for me, getting out of those settings was very healthy. It was good self-preservation because of that time spent, um, channeling and being in, in the, you don't turn it off. People say, Oh, you know, I can't do the reading now because I'm, there's too many people in the room or you that you can't turn it off. It, It is not a choice. It's a heartbeat. It's a blink in the eye. It's breath in your body. You, you don't turn it off. You just learn to take deeper moments and appreciate it. And hopefully that person can work with you or those people can work with you and you get something done. I mean, that's what this is about getting something done.
1: yeah, I would find I find that living um away from too many people because if you're empathic and sensitive to other people's emotions, and just now I just shared that I have an Airbnb. I went into the space where people were just were, but they were kind of jerks. And uh, they left an imprint, an anxious imprint on the space, Mm. and and I didn't. At first, I wasn't sure what was going on with me, but when I walked out, I started to realize
3: residual energy. Yeah, yeah. I
1: was like, wait a minute. I think I'm. I think I'm experiencing an emotional a psychic ghost.
3: Yeah, a mental impression of these people's emotions.
1: And I think I think a lot of people have it. Yeah, tons of people have this ability. And some people know how to harness it and use it and some don't. Like lacrosse, wouldn't don't the indigenous, um, indigenous, the Taino they they did they differentiate psychics or like shamans or like medicine Yeah, the
2: bahicas, we call them the bahicas, the, the medicine people. Um there were but there were there were different kinds of bahicas. There was bohitu. Hike, bohike so, and each of them had a different, distinct um job. One was like uh, an advisor. Uh, one would go on kahoba trips and go to the spirit world and then bring back all the information or help people cross over. And then you had, you know, what they call the two spirit, the the guardians of the tribe, the mm-hmm. the, the people who walked both worlds mm-hmm. between the masculine and the feminine. So there were, you know. But the the psychics, they, I'm not going to say every bojique has a psychic ability that they would just, it was just a form of medicine. And I guess you would consider it more of an intuitiveness, uh, reading, you know, uh, where I think with somebody who's really, really empathic and feels people's energy, that's a form of psychic. So that's... You know, I guess you gotta define what psychic is. <laughs>
3: that's the broad that's the that's yeah. the thing now. That and, and right. what's the, the term even beyond its original Greek roots, right. the sense of psychic has immediately gone to all of these one-eight hundred numbers. It's 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 hokey. Yeah. I, I've chosen to say that I'm intuitive mediator, I've chosen to say that I'm an intuitive counselor, a spiritual life coach, because if you say psychic now they want to ask you, what number am I thinking? Can you talk to my dead grandmother? Where have I lost my car keys? If they hear you practice magic, do you think you could get my love back for me? You know, it, there's, there are these Hollywood ideas of how it all goes down. When in reality, that is like a pepper flake on on, on the pizza of what psychic really is. It, 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 there's so much diversity and it's such a broad term. So, yeah, psychic is is, is definitely applicable, um, but it's like um, saying um, books. There's many different types of books, you know, many different types of books and many different reasons to read them. Uh, and many people aren't always going to like the same book or, or agree with the same page on that book. So it's the interpretation and the intention held are the most important part of all sessions between any psychic what is your intention and what purpose are you there for Uh, if you can hold these kind of focal points your your sessions with any psychic viable should be something that you come away with feeling was worth money well spent uh time well spent energy well spent because that's the sense of money and everything it's an exchange you have to give something of equal or greater value and in this day and age we say it's got to be some printed piece of cloth Um, I still enjoy trade. I I, I have to say that, that as much as I I do enjoy making money on what I do, because I don't disagree that people should be able to make money at anything and everything they're good at. I just think be fair, be responsible. And if you can barter too, barter, we do, I do a fair bit of bartering. Um, so where your intention in your reading goes is like where your intention goes in the way you live as a psychic. If I want to do good readings, I have to live in a good way. If I want to have uh, the, the channel to, to spirit, to that person's higher self, or to their their Loa, their gods, their their particular energies, I need to live in a way that they're going to want to talk to me. If I live as a schmuck, no one wants to talk to me. That goes for the spirit world as well.
1: Absolutely. You know? I think that's what Jamie Angel is saying here. Um that they said that well it's when i'm in the zone yes in the zone of knowledge i am more conduit do it with a translator and transistor so when asked about it later i've been able to necessarily recall not been able to re- recall as i was allowing the energy to just flow through me exactly jamie that's exactly i think what all of us experience and everybody gets there differently i do yoga yeah and i make sure i do yoga every day And sometimes I just breathe, like on a short, like if you only have a minute, you can just take some deep breaths.
3: Yeah. Um, As far as recall, um, I've I've taken, literally take notes for my reading sometimes and hand them homework. Um, I've had people do voice recorders. I've had people use their cell phones to record, it, video recording, anything to retain that information. Uh, again, uh, somebody who's doing a reading for you should not be opposed to being recorded.
1: Yeah, I do record readings. Mhm. Yeah, and I think the internet makes that so much nicer now because you can yeah, a record. Valuable it. tool. Yeah, absolutely. So, and doing magic for other mm. people—how do you feel about that, Nick?
3: Um, it depends on the magic. I support it, depending on the magic. If you are So I don't do love spells per se. I will open channels for love. I will help a couple who comes to me and says, we we want to make this work. I will work on that for them. But I mostly put the things together, show them what to do, and then hand that over. Work that I do directly for someone that's spiritual is usually an apprentice. I don't actually do work for just my, my broad spectrum clients. Any of the clients that I have that come over to being more of an apprentice program, that's more of a place that I feel like I can bridge a little bit more of a gap and do healing work on them. Um, dream interpretation or dream work, you know, um, we do... We do fetish work a lot where we actually will create small images and send those images as shadows out into the world to go in time to do things for us. So it's a, it's a candle fetish spell where you give you all a little bit of a, a magic trick. Take a candle in a dark room. You've sculpted or you've paper cut an image of a dolly or could be an animal shape doesn't have to be perfect, it could be crude, as long as it has the ability in your mind to travel and be called back. You bring the image in front of the candle, it goes up on the wall, there's the shadow. You tell it what you want it to go and do and where in time you want it to go and do that, and then you snuff the candle. As the shadow engulfs the room, your fetch is sent out to go and do your bidding. When you want to call it back, you light the candle and it bring it up in front of the candle. The shadow goes back on the wall your fetch comes back from wherever it was fetching your work for you or having done something for you so that's the first kind of apprentice work that i teach them That you're going to go and you're going to do this you're going to bring this piece of yourself or you're going to bring this part of your memory back or you're going to bring um work out to this other person you know etc mm-hmm. i i will say that when it comes to magic witchcraft spell work I'm not Wiccan. (laughs)
4: I'm
3: not, I'm not saying that I'm out to hurt anybody. I'm just saying that I do not necessarily think that when Wicca and witchcraft are associated, they're the same thing because they're not alive. I've been getting this a lot recently on some other posts on some other um, apps. And it's been stated that people who practice Wicca practice magic and that is not true. So I, I, I will say that if you hear anyone addressing Wicca in that form, and they're saying they're practicing magic. They're practicing witchcraft. it happens to be a religious observation that some witches believe in. Um, just a side note. <laughs> uh, the, the magic that I grew up with was more folk custom through the neighborhoods, through family members, You know, whether it was Spanish families in the neighborhood and their folk customs and traditions. And a lot of it always revolved around food. It's amazing how much food and recipes and spells came up in the neighborhood and then there were obviously a lot of the italian strega traditions that were still there and even in the greek side of the family they you know you grow up you you're going to hear about the old gods doesn't matter how orthodox greek your family happens to be you will hear about the old gods you will hear about the pride of the ancient greeks and so that juiciness lives in us. When we hear stories as children, when we hear stories that excite us, even if they're not our bloodline, I will, I'll put this out there as well. I'm very into and very attached to La Regla de Ocha. I'm very into the tradition of the Orishas. I'm very into Santeria. I'm very into Voodoo and Vodun. I'm very into the Yoruba traditions. I don't know if y'all can see, but I am very white. <laughs> um, I don't have a background is latino i do not have a background that is afro cuban i don't have a background that's african but i feel it so strongly i am so moved by it and i believe that spirit moves us to things that move us and that when you are moved you become compassionate and you're able to find a path that helps you to connect with people more and that links you that links your 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 inner gods to each other and you're able to know more about one another so as a reader a reading should walk away knowing a little bit about me as much as I will know about them uh, and feel for each other. So I actually have clients that I've been working with for years based on the traditions that I grew up with and followed and how it affected my ability to do readings and now how my readings and sessions go and how I relate to my clientele.
1: Fantastic. I want to ask you another question, but I want to first reach out to the, our viewers, if you have a dream, please put it in the comments, put it in the comments. So lacrosse can interpret it, put your dream in the comments. And, um, okay. And so I just wanted to say that out loud. Um, and Nick, I wanted you to go back because you said that you, you know, that you're white and that you're called to these more Afro-Caribbean paths. And I think that's what you have to define because some of our viewers are very new. They don't know. um,
3: So my my Mm -hmm. background, again, is Italian, Sicilian, Greek. So it's Roman Catholic, Greek Orthodox with all of this ancient old pagan history. And I grew up in Central New Jersey and was exposed to different forms of Afro-Cuban traditions, like Santeria, which was um, I, I, I I've heard it called the slave practices or the slave magic of Africa. And the reason that that is is because it was brought over by the slaves. But that's the only association. There, it's it, it, it's not like it's enslaved or it was forced upon. It was actually forced. It was they forced them to stop. Colonists forced the Africans to stop practicing a lot of their Yoruban traditions. But from Congo and the Bantu all the way through to Nigeria and Yoruba, those slave trades that came over into the Carolinas and moved throughout the United States brought their faiths with them. And on their way out, as they hit Cuba and they hit other, you know, even Jamaica and they hit these other Caribbean islands before they came into the United States, all of the priests and priestesses were handing out initiations as quickly as they could, so that their faith wouldn't be lost, so that their culture and their spirituality wouldn't be lost, and so that the children of these gods, the children of these ancient, um, actually noble bloodlines that became gods, were able to retain a bit of that wisdom. And so when they met each other, or were able to go and see one another again, they would be able to Pass on these traditions, teach each other these traditions, and it wouldn't be completely lost. Oral tradition is a, a challenging thing when you're traveling across the sea. So you get a lot of mixed signals and you got a lot of miscommunication. Um, and I think it was at that time that when white man was first introduced, white people were first introduced to these type of practices, that they misunderstood a lot of the very earth-based material and very earth-based tools as crude when in fact that's what they had to work with and the practices of Ifa or the practices of these particular spiritual traditions like um or Lakumi. These traditions had very rich history and very rich stories that when you hear about them explain so much about the challenge in who we are. What I mean by that is A lot of the transgender community can identify with this, especially. You know intrinsically who you are is not what you look like, feel like, talk like, are in the eyes of others. You are something different, and you want to express that. And so these spirits are whirling inside you, and you need to bring them together. And this is where these ancient customs and these priests and priestesses would have initiated people especially like we've said people in the transgender community are are very unique in that sense because there are whether they're two-spirit or multi-spirit or whether they're singular the sense of being both in and out of your body is so strong the sense of being so much on one plane and another at multiple times is so strong That to have these initiations, to have these practices, to have these traditions, you were able to to feel whole or at least focused or very channeled. And you can take that and and teach with it or heal with it or guide with it or be guided or healed by it. So the practice of Santeria, the practice of Afro-Cuban traditions or Yoruba itself is to align the person with their inner God, to bring that inner God forward and to live in a way that attains the higher self in this life and in every other that follows. You don't wait for it to happen in heaven. You don't get punished by not having it. You're just doing your absolute best to know your God inside yourself, know the path that that God is supposed to follow and all of the sacrifices that you need to make to get that full sense of yourself. And in the transgender community, who else could possibly know what that means? You know, I mean, you you really do go through the shamanic practice of being pulled apart and put back together. And every culture has that. That's why the word shaman seems to be applicable to most cultures with these type of practices. Everyone who's seen these multi-diverse religious or folk customs see that there's a place where you're pulled apart and put back together. See that you are uh, spirits transistor radio, you know.
1: Mhm. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I just think that, you know, uh, not everybody's, um, I would love to have more Afro Caribbean uh, folks on so if we ever if anyone out there knows any, especially people of color that are into that want to talk more about their Afro Caribbean path I would love to have them on. Um, and I want to bring up a uh, Jamie has a question for you, Nick. Okay. They said, "How do you handle times when somebody asks you for a reading, and the reading is not what they want to hear, or right. it's something they think is not relevant to the situation?" They have had it a couple of times, and and just said, "This is how I would interpret it, but it is possible that there's another perspective I'm not seeing." But if things starts matching up with what you think the situation is, this could be something to keep in mind, if you so you're not blindsided. Two times have had six months later two times I have had people come back six months later that it was more accurate than they could have imagined.
3: Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's, that's again about trusting the source. Um, you know, you, you go for a consultation with a, a psychic or an intuitive mentor or a friend, and no matter what you say, you don't agree with the response or you feel that you're missing out or that you've been working with this person now for how long? And there's just no breakthrough. It's again, I feel like with anything, the work is being done, regardless of whether you can see it, you wouldn't be doing it if you weren't supposed to. That is the way the universe works. Even if it's the most destructive, painful thing. I had a woman say to me once we we were in sessions for a while and she had lost her 10 year old son and she, there was nothing that I was saying that was clicking, and we're eight sessions in at this point. Um, she, was, she said, I've been coming to you now for a, a few weeks, and I feel like we haven't achieved anything. I don't feel like I'm any closer to connecting with the spirit of him. I don't feel like I'm – and I said to her, the reason of his passing is something we don't get to know, but we do understand this at least. It, it has opened you up deeper to wanting to know more than you could ever have imagined. And there's nothing that's going to take the pain away. But what will happen is if it was his time to go, that is the way it is. It wouldn't have happened if it wasn't that time. I I, I spiritually feel that way. It's not a rational explanation. It's not a mundane acceptance. It's just a spiritual belief I have that everything does happen for a reason. Because the effects, the divine math that follows, usually nine 10 times out of 10, come back and express deep gratitude for eyes being open, ears hearing, moments of revelation, epiphanies, deep grief that comes over this woman. And she comes back about two weeks later and says to me, I can't stop dreaming about him. And I, I, I all I hear is everything I've ever wanted to hear. And now I don't know if I can process all that. And that was the disconnect. That was the challenge, the eight sessions that we had had was her doing this. You could only get so close to, to her before she pushed it away. And even I wasn't able to break that, though she wanted me to. It took her own doing. It took her own timing. We're not there to change the outcome. We're not there to change the situation. We are there to administer whatever treatments and services we can, send them out into the world, and, and know confidently that we did the best we could to give them whatever it is that we could give them. And with that confidence, with that gratitude, always with gratitude and mindfulness, something, something breaks through. And it may not be for up to a year. It might not be for up to five years, but it will break through. Um, I had a woman come to me nine months pregnant, and she was terrified because every doctor said that there was going to be complications, that she had had all kinds of Negative advice, one after the other after the other, saying that this was probably a pregnancy she's terminated She was over 43 years old. It was her first child, etc etc et, cetera, et cetera. And all she wanted was for a psychic, it turned out to be me, to touch her and say that this child was going to be fine. And I knew that this child was going to be fine. I just knew it. And I touched her on the shoulders. I looked her right in the eyes and said, you will have a beautiful baby girl. She will be blonde and no one will know why. And it was... 20 years. The child was 20. I had gone back to the shop in New Hope that I was doing this reading at. The the shop owner said, please wait right there. He got on the phone, called this woman. She came down and introduced me to the baby that I had predicted was going to be born. This beautiful 20-year-old blonde who she had named Nicole, which I thought was hilarious. Um, but she had blonde hair and nobody in the family had blonde hair and they couldn't pin out why she had the blonde hair. But this woman thanked me up and down said, you don't understand for 20 years. I've been wondering where you've been and whether, you know, and it just so happened that I was in the town at the time that she had come in and asked for me and was down at the bar and had left her cell phone number. And the owner, Eric had called her up and said, you've got to get over here. He's, he's here. And it was just thank yous and thank yous. And they, they paid for another reading. And I read the the daughter and I read the mother again and I've no idea where they are haven't seen them haven't <laughs> seen them in another it's been 15 20 years again so uh, it's been uh, ten years ten years it's been uh, it's been a ride it's been an unusual ride and I look forward to each and every session because I never know I go into it not knowing what the hell I'm going to say I don't know what I'm going to tell anybody I could read their chart and still not know what I'm going to tell them I have a rough idea but the intuitive aspect the empathetic Connection that you make when you're in a session with somebody. I had a session with a woman who, at this point, I was 21 and doing 11 readings a day, just and and they were one hour readings. So, 11 hours reading, 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 reading. And I had this woman come to me and she was terrified. She had her friend with her. She didn't want to talk. She want to flip the cards. She was absolutely petrified. And I closed my eyes. I didn't even touch the deck. And I said, you've just been in a violent domestic relationship. And he had a knife at your throat. I opened my eyes and this woman had it through the shop. Her friend paid the, whatever it was, I think it was the 20 or $40 we were, we were charging for the half hour sessions and she bolted out the door. And I saw her hysterical over at, the, over at the bar. And I was it. I said, I'm, I'm done for the day. There are people who are not ready. And at that time, at that age, I wasn't looking at this person and timing my content. I wasn't reading my audience. I was just, blah, 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 just regurgitating what Spirit was telling me to say. And it was scary and it was unfortunate. And that's one of the lessons I had about not just reading because you're asked to, not just reading because, even because they might need it. They have to be ready for it. They have to be ready to hear what you are going to say. So I would say that that's part of the answer as well. They might not be ready to hear it at all.
1: Absolutely. I've definitely had those experiences, Jamie. I think all of us as a reader in any shape or form have had that experience. Maybe even you've had it, lacrosse. You might might do your dream interpretations because we're about (laughs) to take a break. We're about to take a break now. We're going to take a quick break. And um, when we come back, LaCrosse has got a dream in the chat to look at.
2: We'll right. see, <laughs> too.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Support Rainbow Soul. Check out the Rainbow Soul merchandise for your favorite new shirt. A variety of colors and styles to suit your taste. Show off your love for Rainbow Soul. Get Cool designs with your favorite quotes. Designs come in a variety of colors so that you can express your most authentic self. Support Rainbow Soul in spreading the word that queer, gender variant, intersex, transgender is sacred. Rainbow Soul. Putting the soul back into queer. Order your unique Rainbow Soul merchandise at RainbowSoul.show Divine Androgen A Sacred Path for Gender Variant People A book dedicated to to every drag performer, transgender person, and other gender variant people that have passed to the other side, that have suffered the wrath of our binary world. Thank you for living your truth and treading us a path. We are sorry that in many cases that cost you your life. Now, we ask for your assistance in helping humans evolve so that we may all live in peace and equality. We honor your life by walking our own personal path of authenticity. Get this amazing book all about living as a non-binary person, a gender variant person in a binary world. How to navigate it, how to harvest your true self when you're surrounded by binaries. It's a guidebook for people searching for their true selves. The book is intended for people that are gender variant and can be helpful for people searching for a more authentic self or clearing trauma. This book is about treading your own path. It includes my story in the beginning, all about how I figured out how I expressed gender and now how it comes out for me, how I discovered it and how I dealt in the world as a response to that. And it also details out the ways that I unfolded myself in a way that helped me live in a binary world, even though I was non-binary. There are steps in here to help you define your own path. Hollis uses the word divine androgen. It's like a label to define someone that defines their own authentic path, regardless of their gender expression, in a way to say that it is sacred to be non-binary, to be transgender, to be queer, it is sacred, not religious, no, no, we're talking about more of a spiritual, conscious awareness of ourselves and our path on authenticity. This book is about defining your path of authenticity, as authentic and unique as that is for you. You can also order the book at divineandrogen.com.
4: Jack of all trades, master of none, but oftentimes better than a master of one. So, what exactly does that mean? It is a figure of speech in reference to a person who has dabbled in many things rather than gaining expertise by only focusing on one. So much knowledge and wisdom out there at our fingertips yet so difficult to grasp. Everything and everyone has a little piece of the truth and it is up to us to determine what our truth is. In this busy world creating the time the space to nourish our bodies mind and soul has become a difficult task. So let's take a moment to learn something something small in whatever way the universe decides to reveal it. It could be someone's story, a quote, a spiritual practice, maybe a song or a movie. The opportunities are limitless and all around us if we just take a moment to see. We are all students of life experiences so let us learn from one another. There is no right or wrong path. There is only your path and your journey. So let's begin our adventure and explore all the world has to offer And let us become a master of none.
1: Welcome back. Hey, (laughs) LaCrosse. I see you actually have two different dreams.
2: Yeah. Did you both, or did you pick one? Yeah, no, I I did them both. Um, I tried to kind of zip through it. Um, The first one
1: okay the first one according to me according to the way it came up on my feed is um jamie said i had an odd dream last night that i was cutting out paper dolls and as soon as they were free of the background paper they started dancing and i noticed they were all we're wearing either halfling clogs or deer form slippers which explained where they have been disappearing to, so but could not understand how they miniaturized and duplicated them for the two dozen dancing paper dolls. I had the sense the Fae had enlivened them, but was not sure if the reasons for it or whether they would help or make mischief, especially with school. Okay?
2: Okay. Um, basically, what I got so far out of this was, <clears throat> okay, cutting paper dolls uh, and setting it like them being free and dancing it's just for me that seemed like cutting cutting cords and being set free like kind of like a it's it's like right here but I'm having a little problem trying to explain what I'm trying to say it's it's like cutting away from something creating something new and then setting it free and that's what I'm kind of getting that. But what I find interesting is is that they keep, you know, the shoes. Now, shoes, wh- what do you use shoes? You're dancing. So there's something here that has to do with some type of grounding. I'm not quite sure. Like, if this one really got me a little, you know, uh, tripped me up but well, it
1: doesn't have
2: the fey involved right exactly <laughs> so that's what I'm saying but I think the fey whether it's magical or not I think what it, it's boiling down to is that there's a fear as to what what the purpose is of these dancing paper dolls what what's the purpose and that's what what she's dealing with or they're dealing with inside is what are they going to help is this going to help is this going to hurt is me cutting away from this and setting myself free to be able to dance to be able to be myself to be able to be set free is it going to help me or is it going to hurt me that's what i'm like like i said it takes me a while to go through the muffle and then figure it out but that's the whole what i'm getting from it you're afraid from cutting away from all these things If it's going to help you or is it going to hurt you and your biggest priority right now is school because they're going to law school i recall if i recall
1: yeah or something like that yeah yeah Mm -hmm.
2: so that's what i'm saying i i don't know what they're cutting themselves from or away from or out of but they fear that it 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 might they don't know if it's going to work for them or against them
1: okay Well, that's really well said. Good. (laughs) Now, (laughs) I changed the camera view. Okay. (laughs) Now, uh, Quellen's dream. Quellen said, my actual pet corn snake was coming out of a fire pit while there was a roaring fire going on. I warded people, unrecognized others, from touching here because she was shard. And I felt that they would break her. Okay.
2: Yeah. Snakes snakes represent change, transformation, things like that. And it coming out of a fire, what is fire used for? It's for purging. It's for survival. It's for sustenance. Um, and it's a roaring fire. So this could actually be like some past trauma or hurt, and it's coming out. It doesn't mean it's not healing because it's purging. Because when something's purged, it, it, it gets better. But there's also a fear from what I'm getting from this, there's a fear that if, if anything comes and influences it or touches, it could hurt even further with that trauma or further with that situation. So that's, that's what I got from that. So. Okay. Um,
1: Fantastic. Yeah. Um And if anybody else has
2: any insight, please, please <laughs> go ahead. Well, because those dancing paper dolls got me all messed up. I'm like,
1: <laughs> well, immediately what comes to mind is I'm like, well, we should bring Nick back out here because yeah. Nick probably also does a little dream work and so do I and uh and um uh, I'm going to bring I'm going to bring Nick back out.
3: The paper Welcome, dolls. <laughs> Was it contract paper. paper? Are they cutting themselves free of contracts? Hmm. Are there diplomas going out? Are there graduations happening? Are the shoes that they're filling is it a feeling of strength in those shoes or is it, are they running? Are they Adidas? It's just, you know, are they getting ready to take off or are they, uh, are they more like penny loafers? Are they, they making a mint on this? So to me, you've got a couple of things you need to question in the dream. I always go back to how does it feel? Is it, because I've had dreams that are terrifying, but feel ecstasy, you know? So it's they're, they're how do you feel? What is the paper made of? Is it an easy wider? Is it a, you know, is it Bible paper? What, what is the paper? Is it, does it, is it flimsy? Is it cardboard? Does it feel like it's got sand to it? Like very important to use the mind of the awake to put your senses into your dreams and just kind of play with your senses. Don't play with the thoughts, play with the feelings. And you'll get a little bit more of that interpretation under your belt. You'll get a little bit more comfortable with what it is that you're seeing in the dream. But I would think something to do with contracts and being free of those contracts, and uh, uh, I agree with lacrosse in that. I think it has to do with with, with the, the the cutting the boundaries around you, cutting the um, responsibilities around you, maybe even the karmic responsibilities around you. Um, where you come from sometimes can hurt. We've got a lot of karmic blood healing that we do. Maybe this has to do with getting away from some of the karmic blood debt um, that, you know, that this dream sequence may be describing. That's my idea anyway.
1: Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Quellen.
3: corn snake, yeah. his mother. That's corn snake. Always reminds me of mother. It's the either the great mother, our mother, your mother, my mother, sitting by the fire. Iko iko i That's there is a there is a medicine to wanting to tend something that's just been born.
0: <laughs>
3: so you're not wrong to ward and protect and warn everybody about the breakage of her because you know it's your snake, you know it's a feminine, you know it that it relates to coming out of the fire. And to me, that is um, like Persephone reborn in that sense. It's, it's fragile, it's just new, it just had its transformation, and you want to do what you can to protect what's coming up. So that's that's what I was thinking.
1: Yeah, I kind of thought the same thing about Quellen, but I also was like, well, um, snake represents transformation and what's been going on for the last two years, a lot of us have done some personal transformation at home. Yeah. And uh, a lot of us haven't really been time? in full community. Um, yeah. And I know Quellen has been to a lot of very strong transformational, magical events. And maybe some part of you, Quellen feels a little protective of the new you. Cause you've been through a lot in the last couple of years, Quellen. So um, that's what occurred to me. And, uh, it looks like Tamala also posted one, so Tamala. I just to Tamala. Tamala is one of the people that requested you. Can I just connect. take a moment
3: and let you all out there know how very special you all are? But that Tamala, in particular, has been doing work that I have watched for the better part of ten years, and this is an amazing transformation. This is a soul who is so right for this earth, and more people should get to. Learning how to walk with intention, because Tamla is always there with intention. You know it, it, that. Just, just putting it out there. Adore you.
1: <laughs> Tamala shared their dream. Traffic. Um, her dream. I'm pretty sure she's she. she. Uh, I recently had a dream that woke me up with a start. A traffic light suspended in blackness. One of the lights was a bright green flashing arrow pointing left. It flashed so bright it was blinding. It started flashing faster and faster until it blew out.
3: Wow. LaCrosse, mm-hmm. you want to hit that one? Uh, uh,
2: sometimes when I have to answer, I don't like to answer. Okay. I, I'll, <laughs> only, I will say. only because it's it's like you're saying, it, yeah. it just starts coming out. It starts coming and it out. It may not come out. Sure, sure, sure. Um the fact that it's a, a green light suspended in darkness. Okay. It's a direction It's you're supposed to go a direction and it, it's saying, go, 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 go. Clearly, yeah. Okay. And then it's saying faster, go, go, yeah. go, 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 go. If you don't go, you're going to miss it. Right. It's just going to black out. And I right. think that could be your subconscious telling you I need to go or I'm going to miss this. I don't know what it is, but I'm going to miss this if I don't go. Yeah. Go left. I agree. Yeah, I or agree. left. <laughs> yeah, <and laughs> the energy,
1: good. the energy that you that you both are talking about is exactly what's been going on with astrology for the last mm-hmm. year and a half. Is yeah. that a lot of people feel like they gotta go? Yes, but yeah. you can't go
3: because yeah. Saturn, Saturn. Saturn, Saturn. Saturn is
1: deeply doing a dance with uh dance with Uranus.
4: It is making the
3: it. It making is making it is very is the world. hard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We've had a lot of Mars energy saying, go, we've had a lot of Mars energy firing the rockets. I mean, rockets literally going off at a rate we've never seen at a, at a race that's we've never seen. And so that much black powder, that much um, explosives, that much energy in the air, you figure it's, it's charged the Mars energy. It's, it's really, we're moving at a very fast rate through things. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like the Saturn thing is right. That's it. It's the stop. It's it it, it just tells you you got to go back and do it again. And that's a that's a hell of a place to be is on the gas and on the brake yeah. constantly.
1: mhm mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think ever I think most of the world is like that right now. Yeah. Yeah. And um that's what we were kind of talking about that before the show Nick that like right now the la- the things that have happened, everything we've been through in the last 2 years has been really intense for every single one of us, and we, we all have it, yeah. different stories. We Spiritual all have different... scars. Mm-hmm. We have... I think a lot of us have uh, are suffering from trauma, even, that we could call it trauma. Absolutely. Um, secondary trauma is a real thing. Absolutely. Um, so when you witness tons of people die, or BLM
3: witnessing...
1: Sure. Uh, sure. What we've had to go through to help people of color get their rights—not that they've gotten them yet—but everything that we're going through to get that um, is—it's traumatic. The on information the age, on the soul.
3: right? Yeah, it, we've we've hit the information age with a vengeance. We can now—I mean, I I think of generations even above my son, and the sense of never having to hear a busy signal, the sense of never having to know that you are, you know—you you can ask a question, you can get an answer. You just have to know how to ask the question. That's how powerful we have it right now. This information is now going to transform because we are able to think at each other and with each other at rates we were never able to perceive. But I don't think the ability to handle that much information was taught, was introduced, was brought alongside or preceded this information age. So as beautiful and wonderful as the internet is, as great as it is to have social media, the matriculation, the graduation of energy and, and, and information and data at us is so profound and so difficult for us to, to take our six senses and process them with that coming together is essential right now. Um, I don't want to say tribalism. I want to say the sense of learning a, what tribe is to each other. What is sense When we talk about potting off through COVID, the sense of knowing that there are people of like, not just mindedness, but people of like humanity. We want to carry our humanity with us. We want to care about each other. We want to care about our community, care about our environment, care about the future and generations to follow. If that's the mindset we have, then we'll do everything we can to heal these traumas because we don't want to see each other wounded. And secondhand trauma is very real. It's like secondhand smoke. You thirdhand smoke, fourthhand. I mean, you are affected by that cigarette butt of energy tossed and left by the wayside. It collects. And now we have a collection of toxicity on the earth, and we don't know where to put it. We we can't bury it in the mountains and we can't send it up into the sun and we can't bury it in the bottom of the ocean. So what do we do with it? We've got to compost it. We have to learn to take all of the pain and all of the hurt and all of the anger and all of the things that we see and turn it into our compost, mix it into our spiritual compost. I start to talk about um, spiritual ecology and spiritual permaculture and how you can take the same lessons from that land connection to your to your home or garden or homestead and apply it to your spiritual life apply it to your everyday practices so that as we read through reddit as we go through twitter as we are on our instagrams or our facebook and the information that is painful whether it's comments that are derogatory or downtrodden or whether it's something even uplifting we can take it and use it if we know how to handle it and i don't perceive us being able to know exactly how to handle any one thing without this type of dialogue, without shows like this, without individuals like yourselves, without the ability to connect and have our government, which is local, municipal, and federal, as well as our communities, confident and competent, holding space for each other. I don't have to agree with everything that you perceive, but I will go to my death defending your right to perceive it, That's the type of community we should nurture, the sense of what we can give each other because we are in the age that we are our brother's keepers. We must know what the other is feeling. I don't really care necessarily what you're doing if you're responsible and accountable, but I do care how you're feeling. And I want to know that your feelings are in alignment with your actions. And I I think that that's the disconnect amongst our society. We see people who are not practicing their preach. We see people who are not in alignment with their intentions or their values. So spiritually and and psychically, magically, medicinally, I would say, let's find our boundaries and ask how we can serve them best. Yeah,
1: we've been, a lot of astrologers have been talking about the age of Aquarius in which we all get a little bit more sensitive and a little bit more aware of our energetic field um and even uh more spiritual even and it doesn't mean like lacrosse says it doesn't mean you have to you know have a divine being in mind you could just believe that energy exists in the world um and i think that the age of aquarius is is really beautiful because the more people that i see that step into witchcraft wicca paganism all of it because it all it all does one very important thing is that it makes us conscious yes It, it works to make to wake us up yes uh for us to be aware and even lacrosse um like the indigenous people that are going back to their roots saying We were, they took our religion away from us. They took our spirituality from us. You can't do that. And taking it back, um, like the Taino
2: people, right? And with, yes, it's been, and it's been a hard, very hard. I mean, our language was taken, our culture was taken, our customs were taken. And all we have is this one book written by Ramon Panay through a Christian perspective and then trying to dissect this book and put it back the way which the good thing is is that our relatives the arawak are still in existence today so now we can grab from that and start filling in the pieces but it is a huge awakening it's a huge awakening and it's it's all going back to what are we doing for our fellow man what are we doing for our earth mother what are we doing for each other, for ourselves and, and, and start becoming a community. It's, it's becoming that community again and realizing that this whole colonized mentality, it's, it's not working. Right. It's not working. It didn't work. It it didn't work then. Right. And it's not working now. And you need to go back to the basics of spirituality, which is the earth, your fellow, the animals, all of this, expanding out, you know, it's got to go back to the basics because
3: there's no choice. (laughs) I mean, there's, it's it's going to get there one way or another. It's either going to be an asteroid. I mean, I keep hearing (laughs) all of these, these reasons why we're waiting to revert or at least to get back to the earth. And this is really when people hear this, they think, especially in the Western world coming from, you know, the New York Metro area. Mm -hmm. Moving up to the western hills of Massachusetts, I've seen a very diverse amount of people. I've seen communities that are affluent and I've seen ghetto. And I've, I've yeah. been in both. And I've, I've seen the brilliance and the, the terror in both. It really comes down to the sense of care for not necessarily your selfish nature. I mean, I believe that we should have self-preservation. Absolutely. I think that's the, first and foremost the most important thing because you can't do anything without it. Moving through that, we have this, or at least I've heard this sense of ideal in in paganism from the gods to the earth to us, from us to the earth to the gods. And the sense is that as you find more connection to nature and you are giving to to your better selves and you're working in harmony with your environment, then you get more out of your life. This doesn't mean that everyone has to give up their life in the city to go farm. Right. It, it, it may, who the hell knows? It may one day down the road, but as of today, tomorrow and the next day, by all means, stay in your apartments, in your skyscrapers, in your homes, in your countries, wherever you happen to be, but take time to appreciate every aspect of gratitude that you can muster. Take more in your in your corner for gratitude and mindfulness than you do with judgment and ego. And, and I'm not saying you can't have them because they're gonna, they're there, they're, you're never getting rid of them. As much as you're willing to acknowledge those things, spend the time acknowledging your fellow humans being on this earth. If you are a human doing, you are a human being, and all you have to take time to is relate to each other. It, 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 there was a moment I watched for about a half hour people walking on the street. It was, I, it was the time I was a smoke, cigarette smoker. This was many, many years ago. And I was out having a cigarette break, and I was watching people in between readings. I was watching people on the street very few people stopped, looked up, and said, hi, how are you? And when they did, it was very brief and almost routine to walk as quickly and shout back, I'm well, how are you? We don't stop to listen. We won't find God anywhere, whether it's an actual divinity or sense of that, or whether it's the spirituality and energy of all things. You, you can't connect with creation if you're not part of it. You, 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 must, you must be part of the creation process to be a creator and therefore creative. Um, and when you do that, you create connections. And that's what this entire sense of being alive is for. When people, Why am I here? It is to make connections. That's why you're here. I don't care if you want to be a doctor, a lawyer, or a, 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 a taxi cab driver. You make the decision that you're going to make connections and you do it to the best of your ability from that perspective. And you'll change the world by doing that. You know, I, I'm no big individual in any circle. I don't, I'm not a major CEO. I'm not a, a, a huge public official. I don't do anything except be who I am to whoever's in front of me. I give the absolute best of myself to who's ever in front of me, whether it's a crowd or an individual. If we all focused on doing that, you would get more from every individual in front of you. And that's where you see the biggest challenge right now with people in politics and people in the workforce or where you see people who have money and people who are more poverty stricken. The the sense that we don't necessarily just want to give, but we don't want to make a connection.
1: What is it, what what do you think it is that makes us resist? Is it just our
3: total um, attachment fear. to ego? Fear. Okay. Fear fear, anybody listening, any of your issues, it always will come back to fear. The creation and investment of fear is what stops us from perceiving, processing, and attaining all of the things we want in life. Sure, there are things that are environmental. There are life experiences that we're going to have that will not uplift you. But the responsibility you have to yourself, going back to self-preservation, is to not be afraid to defeat what is in front of you. If it takes your own life don't go out afraid you go out. Uh, I think it was in, there's a, I think it's in, um, I don't know if it's black elk speaks or if it's in, um, one of, one of the native American stories has a, has this beautiful sense of however you go through life from start to finish, you go in screaming with whether fear is what started the scream or not is irrelevant. You're going into it full force. So you might as well go through it full force with no fear or at least control of your fear. And the way you control your fear is personal. No one can teach you. You have to go through it. it, We can guide you. We can give you all kinds of medicines and senses of direction. But you inevitably have to take that path of fear, whether it's one, two, or many fears, and go through it on your own. And you'll have support or you won't. It depends on how you make connections. And when you make those connections, the fear becomes smaller. When we connect with other people, when I think of my community, I don't fear as much. If I'm sick and I think of the people I know who love me and wish me well, I don't feel as sick. If I'm going through it, it's the mental state that is going to help me fight it all off. I mean, any doctor will tell you that, that the the ability to think better helps you to live better. Even if you're not going to live longer, you want to live better. So you feel better by connecting and you don't feel better when you fear. So that's simple math is how do we get rid of fear? We face it, we annihilate it, and then we face it again. And we annihilate it again because it rebirths. That's that's the downside of fear is it's, um, maybe it's an upside. It, it's a regurgitive, it's a rebirthing, It's a it's a recycling, it's always there but you can make your compost base out of it. Going back to my sense of spiritual permaculture, you can take fear and outline all of the things that you need to recycle into that base. Uh, for my personal self, it is a fear of being uh, oblivious, quite, quite stupid, really. Just to, to my biggest fear is that I will not mind my environment and I will wound myself or another person. So hypervigilance in the vehicle, hypervigilance when I'm in the yard, when my child is around. And this comes from having animals. Quite frankly, the the incidents that occur with a giant, I'm six foot, I've I'm just broke the 200 pound mark, thank you very much. So when I throw my weight around, it, it can be quite deadly if you happen to have small chicks or kittens or things. So I have to be very conscious of my every motion. It's Buddhist in that sense of every world around me must be focused on before I can focus on myself. So I, I don't hurt intentionally. I don't cause harm without intentionally doing that, which I would never do. So you, you really do seek to try to be aware of your environment. Uh, That breaks fear. I mean, if you're, if you're really afraid of something, take the emotion, if you can push it to a side, put it in a box, do whatever you need to, to just get it away from you. And then rationally, look, the fear is there because you're sick and dying, you're 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 you've fallen and you can't get up, you've literally hit rock bottom, you're afraid of hitting rock bottom. They're they're thought processes, mostly they're emotional conceptions of these thoughts that you have. Any methods that you can find, be they magical, therapeutic, medicinal, whatever works to get that fear under control, you use. You don't allow your fear to take control of you that was a bit of a rant
1: it's okay rants are perfect for rainbow soul that's what yep. we want we want okay, and, and well, in fact I'm always, the right I'm, always <laughs> telling, I'm always saying to lacrosse I'm like lacrosse it's okay get on your
3: pedestal oh okay. I get on my soapbox I get oh, on my, my soapbox. Box. <laughs> oh my God I say that in order to get them in order to get spirits earlobe I got to get on my soapbox yeah Just bring it yeah. down to like, fix this
1: <laughs> and I think, I think, I think actually soapboxes are useful. And the reason yeah. why yeah. I think they are is because you're, not, you're passionate about that for a reason. Yeah. Yeah. Just like I'm passionate about making sure every single queer person on this planet knows they are a sacred human being.
3: You feel high from doing the work. I have no other way to describe it. If you've ever had a good high, a good buzz, a good feeling in your heart, a sense of elation, a step up in your ecstasy, you've been running and you hit that peak moment. You've been bowling and you got that turkey. You were, you had the most awesome moment with your favorite lover. Whatever it happens, that's what let, lights you up. And for me, uh-oh. <laughs> Oops, he's back. Oh, okay. you. Uh, for <laughs> me, it lights me up. I'm I'm so charged and I get such a buzz from being around people, talking to people and connecting with people that I, I guess the only way to describe it is, is if you've ever seen a beautiful mind or you've ever seen any of these movies that refer to looking at the world around you and seeing it, but not really being able to, to understand it, that this is a lot of how spiritually I've worked around seeing the world mathematically, I guess, yes, I can see the divine math. I am no mathematician. Mm. I cannot, I cannot make the accounts. Okay. (laughs) I, I am a writer and a lover, maybe a little bit more of a fighter than I am a mathematician. And that's not saying much. So Mm. it's, it you get to a point though where you see how the world rotates and you see uh
1: <laughs>
3: you okay, see how the circuits connect to people and then you see the energy moving around the circuits you really do see the physics you, you you can kind of learn the science of how magic connects people and how magic connects the earth to everything around it i mean really when you say magic what you're saying is a human's ability to perceive the imperceivable and that the science is the way we describe the magical experience. It doesn't take the magic away and it doesn't discount science to have that magic as its foundation or its primer. When we get to the root of it, they are describing all of the same sequences. It's proven every single moment in all of the major CERN and, and their Large Hadron Collider has helped to provide information that the Druids and ancient historians have been laying out for people to see for years. It's just a sense of how connected to your environment are you? How aware of your environment are you? Personal and then outward. Your, your aura is really the sense of outside yourself. And how much of that sense of yourself can you extend? If it's if it's a globe, I should be able to come right back around. So I could go around the earth and just keep thinking about people and places and things that I've never been to and experience them, whether it's through astral projection, out of body experiences, biolocation. The 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 endless possibilities that life offers are open to every human. That means psychic, that means magic, that means science, that means brain power. You just need the desire to overcome the fear to make the connection to those things. And to all the people, all, you don't get to choose who, all the people that are going to come from it. You get to choose how you're going to interact with those people, but you don't get to choose who shows up.
1: That's very true, uh, for sure. And I just want to say that, Sandy, you love to listen to rants. (laughs) That's why you're such a loyal, that's why you're such a loyal viewer. Okay. Um, because Sandy is here week after week and I'm just saying, (laughs) um, I think rants are
3: good. That's my middle name. I swear to God, it's terrible, but it's true.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, and, um, I, uh, appreciate everyone's passion. Like I think, that uh, one of the things that I was just recently saying is that if we didn't have diversity, yeah. if lacrosse, you didn't bring your indigenous perspective of your person of color, even the Jewish perspective and, the you know, the parts of you, that's important. If you didn't bring that, Nick, if you didn't bring your unique parts. And if I didn't bring mine, if we didn't all,
3: I love our unique parts coming together. This is fantastic.
1: That's right. And that's what we need to do. Like I feel like everybody needs to do that. Everybody in the audience needs to do that tonight. Harvest your most passion, your strong passions. What do you feel passionate about? Bring that forward. And so as we start to close the show, um, Nick, I think you're going to do a reading too. I'm going to a do brand one here new
3: by a friend named Hobbit. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Hobbit has been on the show and hopefully we'll be coming back to talk about Kabbalah.
3: Kabbalah. Ah, that I'll tune in for that. Most definitely.
1: Yeah. Um, we've just had to let them, they had a death in the family. So we just need to let her, let her take care of that. So in the meantime, we're doing a reading with love is love with the pride deck and this is a collaborative beautiful deck you can check it out online and that's one of my favorite parts is that it's collaborative because i think by coming together with other people that your magic is that many times stronger Mm -hmm. so if there's three people then your magic is three times stronger and when we get in fire circle and things like that and there's 20 of us 100 of us then the magic is just amplified. And if you're praying for peace, well, then if I was going to do anything else with my life, if I spent it praying for world peace, well, then I'd be satisfied. So I'm going to pull this beautiful three cards from this deck. For the entire community, everybody that's here, everybody that's watching it, whether you're watching a replay or you're watching it live, whatever you hear that I say about these cards, whatever comes through about the, these three cards, it, if if it resonates with you, it's totally for you. And if something doesn't resonate with you, don't worry about it. Just let it go. It's probably meant for somebody else anyway. So, and So the first card I got is the Three of Pentacles. And this card is particularly oh, wow, beautiful cool. because it is very much the scene of, uh, you know, uh, P-Flag, uh, the community and the allies that support us. And that's what this card is all about. This card is about, is about harvesting your resources of the community around you just like nick was saying if you're sick and you think about all the people that love you guess what you're going to be a little less sick and you know that they're all they're all hoping for you they're all praying for you so don't forget your community and that goes for all of us especially lgbtqia people know that your community is out there. We love you. That's why we have pride so that we can all come together and connect. That's why we have this show. So we can know that we exist. Okay. And that's what this card is all about. And this next card is the four of swords. And this is a very interesting card in that they have a lot to celebrate. They've done some things and that's why these swords are hung up here on the above their head, but there's also this sword down here beside them. And this is all about encouraging you to move forward with your projects that you actually do have all you need. And in fact, you even have support with the little dog at your feet. Um, And remember that you have everything you need going forward. You don't need anything else. Even if you think you do, you actually don't. And in the future, as going forward in our lives, let's remember to celebrate all the beautiful light within all of us. That's what this card's all about. It's about diversity. It's about All the different ways we show up. I mean, I don't even know how many different ways gender can come through for people and uh, gender and even queerness. You know, some people are bi, some people are pan, asexual. It's all out there. And that's what this is all about. This is about celebrating everybody's side, bringing everybody forward and celebrating all of it. Because who doesn't think a rainbow is beautiful? (laughs) <laughs> a rainbow is the most Story. beautiful thing. If you've ever seen a natural, beautiful, beautiful, rainbow in the sky, most people stop and look at it for a minute. Right? I mean, most of us go, wow, look at the rainbow. Why? Because it has all the colors. Because it's reflecting all of us. So that's what this, that's what the reading is all about is celebrating your community, bringing your community forward. And going forward with what you have, because you have all you need, you don't need anything else. And as you're going forward, remember in the future to celebrate the diversity and all the different ways that people come walking out of this experience, cool. especially. Yeah. Thank you. Please take what you like and leave the rest. I appreciate you. Nick, you
3: got you oh, got.
1: Thank you, man. That's excellent.
3: Yeah, I'm using the Cosmic Visions Tarot uh, by Jessica Shackleton. I don't know if it will show up like that, but
1: yeah, mm-hmm.
3: the uh, it's a it's it's a lovely deck. Uh, this is actually the first time I'll be using it because it literally just showed up in the mail.
1: It was a gift. It was, it was a, a gift. gift. Hobbit, From Hobbit, Hobbit blessed me
3: with a gift. Yes, uh, I believe Good. it was for for my birthday. My birthdays are. We both have birthdays in November. We're both Scorpios.
1: Ah, happy coming to the Earth Day, my friend. Thank you, thank
3: you. I'll pull three cards as well. We'll keep the we'll keep that going. Ah, the Mother of Swords, which I would assume is the Queen of Swords, and in this description, I would say it's all about justice. This is all about how we lay the foundation. For the things that are truly important to us, that's what justice really is. What you, how you go into it, is how you will be perceived, and that's what you will get out of it. Um, it, 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 it isn't like, you know, you you come in strong and you leave weak. You go in strong, you're going to finish strong. If you go in weak, you're going to finish weak. That is the balance that you must perceive. You will only get out of this year what you put into it. Oh, we got a lot of swords, naturally. Son of Swords. Like the actual Sun. Uh, which I assume is the Page of Swords or the Knight of Swords. This is about this is about slaying others' perspectives. This is about ending the identities by which we place on ourselves from other people. We can be fathers and mothers, we can be again doctors or lawyers, we can be teachers or students. There's a lot of labels. And sometimes the labels are inflicted, imprinted, or placed upon us without choice, and this is the time to start excising them. This is when we start uh, getting back to cutting out paper dolls, cutting our boundaries away from the things that are not serving us, releasing ourselves from the things that don't serve us, in particular the identities others have over us or how we think others perceive us. Two of Cups. I'll tell you right now, I pulled two cards before. I pulled from this deck, and it was the Lovers. And I'll get back to the Two of Cups in a minute, because the the Lovers to me and the Two of Cups relate to each other, but for a particular reason. And then I have my other deck that I've used for Aeons and Aeons, which is the, the Rogue Tarot. And this is the Lovers came out on that as well. Both cards pulled after shuffling, exactly the same card. Lovers is all about how you set the stage for what's coming in again but emotionally how you learn to love yourself as part of it loving yourself and but it's how you set the stage for the things that are coming in. the two of cups is what comes in. this is relationships. this is connections. this could be intimate sexual, romantic, loving this could be old friends coming back that you haven't heard from in years. this could be um, this could also be the ending of relationships because new ones are starting. You have to empty your cup for it to be filled again. Otherwise, it just keeps overflowing. You're making a mess. You know what I mean? So this is the time of new beginning, but because we have finally reached the stage that we're ready to be filled. So fears are going to come up. Fears are going to be what breaks the bridge to your connections. Work on establishing them by getting rid of the things, excising the things that no longer serve you, and by finding justice. Laying the path ahead of time is going to be about self-care, is going to be about how you hold intention, and it's also going to be about the truth that you keep. That's the raven in the first one. Ravens are all about truth. Um, Crossroads and other stories, but mostly about truth. Justice and truth, and justice always follows truth. Questions, comments, sarcastic remarks.
1: <laughs> How about a great big thank you? Oh, I appreciate the, that. I really enjoyed that. Really. Thank you. You, thank you, you for are, you that are a
2: delight. Through.
3: You both are wonderful.
2: Ah, uh, it was an honor meeting you.
3: <laughs> oh, it's been, yeah. a, it's been a huge pleasure. I, I, I find that when we get a chance to connect with people who are new lacrosse, I've, I've not gotten a chance but tonight to really get a chance and you just have the most amazing energy you just seem like it would be great one day hopefully we can all sit around a big fire together um hollis i don't even know where to begin with again how much i just i'm in love with you i just adore you i just think you and bright hawk and just such special places in my heart i'm so grateful to have been able to reach out to this community and to be a part of your show and uh, i hope you all find your magic this year this is good year for defining your boundaries really keeping good boundaries. It's also a, a good year for not having one-sided relationships. You know, if you're, if you're, if you're in a perspective that you, you are constantly either asking for or giving more than you're getting, then that is a one-sided relationship. And one-sided relationships are toxic. <laughs> you know, it, it, it is yes. not healthy. Of course.
1: And I hope that whatever, uh, people learn from the show, whatever they take from the show is helpful for them. I will say that there are a bunch of people ringing in here. Jamie angels said great program. And Sandy said, uh, enjoyed the show. Everyone have a great upcoming week and thank you for the cards and the energy. And Kamala said, thank you so much. That was wonderful. Luna said, Bravo mucker.
3: <laughs> my mucker. And
1: Christine, we have a lot of viewers. Oh, my tonight. sister.
3: Can I just Christine tell you, thanks. Christine, that, yeah, I would not be where I am today. If it's not for that woman right there, that woman gave me a home, a sister, love, That woman introduced me to my partner, and I wouldn't have my son today. We wouldn't have our child if it wasn't for that woman today. She literally more magic in her pinky than I have running through my whole body. I can't thank you enough for being who you are to me. I just want the whole community to know that when you talk about an ally, that woman right there, gold.
1: Another great ally, eh? Well, sure and mold. you you got a lot of your family here because Judy is here.
3: Mom, awesome that's Judy my mother. Here. Hi, Mom.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs>
1: and, of course, your twin brother. Yes. Um, great, Jason, I hope great you to heard see,
4: today.
1: Great to hear you, Jason. Hey. And, um, you know, I want to say thank you. And Brighthawk also said awesome show. Oh. And <laughs> I want to say Thank you to both of you. Thank you, Nick, for coming on the show, taking time out of your personal schedule to be with us tonight and Fine. be with the Rainbow Soul. This is a passion in my heart, and I'm so grateful to you, LaCrosse. I'm grateful for you for walking this path with me, brother, because <laughs> I have mentioned it before. This is not easy to do on your own. And um, and I appreciate your perspective. I appreciate everything you bring to the show, all of it. Um, and I know sometimes you feel like you just go, uh huh, uh huh. But nah,
2: actually, That's bring, okay, well, you. Bring I'm more learning. You you bring I'm more learning. That's than you think, brother. I'm. I told you, I'm a professional student. I just want to learn. So anything I can get information and just absorb it, so I can better my life. I'm game.
1: <laughs> well, and the beautiful thing, the interesting thing that I noticed about both of you is that lacrosse, you're a jack, uh, um, a jack of, jack of trades. all trades, and Nick says
3: jack of no trades.
1: Right? Yeah, <laughs> I was like, oh, well, these guys should get along. I
3: <laughs> I was blown away when I saw that. I was like, wow. <laughs> I am I'm that's two for two cuz we are all indigenous is yeah is, that's what, it is it we're all indigenous it's very important more. to me <laughs> it's very important to me i i you know we've had a very large conversation throughout uh, many circles about the cultural appropriation thing and yeah. it's like all it's it it really is like all medicines it has its good side and it has its bad side i right. think that the ability to know that as as a white dude i can reach across and connect as as what is predominantly a heterosexual perspective from, from most people. They look at me like you have a son, you have a female partner, you know, Except As a bisexual man, to be able to identify with a community that has such great support and to feel like the when I say my connections to the Afro-Cuban traditions or the African religions or any of those. Ancient cultures and to feel so moved by them when I, in fact, have very little that I can think of that connects me there in blood there. We do all have one strong point that we come from the same human race and no herb or plant or spirit is any more sacred to any one person unless that spirit has specifically said to that person, I'm yours and only yours, you know, um, I feel like being able to share is one of the most important things we can do in humanity as our, as, as our humanity moves forward in time, being able to share is what's going to save us. Yeah.
1: I agree. And I think collaboration is. Yeah.
3: Co-creativity.
1: It's right there with it. So my friends, thank you. So, and the number, the biggest thank you I want to give tonight is to all the audience. Yes. Thank you for watching Rainbow for sure. Soul. Thank you for being here. Thank you for helping us hold space for these sacred conversations that include the rainbow of light. So we appreciate you and we'll see you next week. Good night. Thank
0: you for watching Rainbow Soul, a queer perspective on spirituality beyond religion. We appreciate you sharing the show on your timeline. Follow us on social media of your choice and join our Facebook group, Rainbow Soul. We want to hear from you. Share your topic ideas for Hollis and Lacrosse. Explore upcoming shows and interesting guests. The Rainbow Soul Facebook group, where we build community of questioning seekers. Rainbow Soul, where spirituality is our medicine.